Hi friends, welcome back to Brown Paper Packages. I hope you're having a good day, a good evening, and you had a good week or are having a good week. I just hope things are good in general. Um, today is Monday, which means that I'm late getting this episode up. Um, this past week and this weekend were so busy, so, so, so busy, but in the best way possible. Um, so I'm allowing myself to be cool with this little project being a day late because I'm living in the moment and really, you know, embracing the things that are important to me and getting to the things that I love when I'm able to. I think that that's really important and that's a lesson that I'm learning. You can tell my voice is a little bit, a little bit rough right now. Um... I have not slept enough, but it's okay. I'm feeling very grateful and very fulfilled personally and professionally and emotionally. Um, this past weekend I had a conference for my, my job, my industry. It's like the biggest uh, industry conference of the year. So it was just really incredible to participate and, and to see friends from out of town and to meet people that I've looked up to for a really long time and just be in a space where people care about the work that we do and just it was really reinvigorating invigorating reinvigorating it was refreshing and I needed it and it was really great and then yesterday I went to an event for my college um they held an admissions event in my area and when I was in college I was uh an ambassador for the school so I was a tour guide um, which was one of the many jobs I had when I was a student, but it was my favorite and it was so much fun. And um, they asked me to come back and participate in this admissions event as an alumni. They asked us to share our favorite memory from being at school. And I literally panicked and thank goodness I was the last person to go because I totally panicked and like totally just shifted the question thinking on my feet. Um, and I was like, I'm going to shift it and talk about my saddest memory from college, which was graduating. And it sounded so corny and so butt kissy, but it was so true. Um, but anyway, yeah, so it was nice to see alumni that I knew that live in my area and um, see some some old friends from school. And yeah, so it was a very busy weekend, but it was it was great. It was a good one. You know, driving to this conference and just just driving everywhere, lots of gas, lots of time in the car. And one of the things that I do when I'm in the car, because, you know, apparently this is too embarrassing to do around other people, is I listen to musical theater and Broadway songs. And I only ever listen to musical theater in the car because obviously, you know, it has to be, it's like my little secret. <laughs> um, I just feel like Broadway and theater is so divisive among people. It's either you love it or you totally hate it. You know, it can be corny and show tunes aren't for everyone, sure, but I've always thought that theater was so much deeper than just tap dancing and sparkly costumes and it's just a, a really incredible avenue for storytelling and it's something that I've grown up with too. Um, I grew up in a family that loved theater and loved musicals and my dad did community theater when I was a kid and I remember on drives home from school listening to the CD soundtrack of like... Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat and You're a Good Man Charlie Brown and 
Suzical and Aida and listening to Wicked and singing, you know, the duets from Wicked as a kid with my cousins. And it's just always been something that's been a part of my life. And so as you can guess, this is what I'm going to talk about this week. Um, it's time. It's time for me to, to own it and accept that I'm a theater kid. All right, we've got our Celsius. We are ready to go. Today's flavor is um, sparkling kiwi guava. And yeah, so I wanna preface this with a little disclaimer because I, ha um, I know many people in my life who are very seriously pursuing musical theater as a career. And this is not going to be a particularly intellectual conversation. <laughs> this is literally just me talking about the things that I like. So please don't take this too seriously. Um, I know I'm probably going to miss a lot of things. There are going to be musicals that I think of after this. And I'm going to go, oh, I wish I remembered to talk about that one. But whatever, there's so many things. And that's what's so cool about theater as, a, as an art form and as an industry. I went to a performing arts high school. And the way that I always kind of describe it to people is that it was like the Nickelodeon show Victorious. And so when we were at school, we would spend all day focusing on one of the four artistic departments, whether it was theater, dance, fine art, or music. And this is why I know so many people who now are actively pursuing careers in this field. And I just want to say that those people are absolutely incredible. You know, I, I haven't kept up with a lot of those people on a really intimate level and I, I kind of wish I did but I mean that's just kind of how high school goes right but I've loved being able to keep up with all of them on social media um, and just kind of see where everyone's going and what everyone's working on and um, you know so if anyone if anyone is listening to this who also went to school with me just know that I'm silently rooting for you and I'm in your corner because I be, growing up in a family that really appreciated the performing arts I was raised with those as my activities. So I grew up as a dancer and started gaining an interest in theater when I was in middle school and high school and, you know, never pursued it as a career because that just wasn't the field that was for me. But that's what's kind of fun about being able to listen to all of these songs and watch all of these shows and see performances when I'm able to, is that it kind of keeps me in in that little part of my life. It kind of kind of keeps that little bubble alive. My mom really introduced us to kind of the classics when I was little. My mom's favorite movie of all time is The Sound of Music. It's funny, she all, she only ever let us watch it when it came on cable TV or channel TV. You know, so we didn't, I don't, I, I don't think that we to this day own a copy of The Sound of Music. Just because she felt like it was so special that when it came on the TV if we saw that it was coming up next on ABC Family or something, for example, that then we could watch it. Um, but yeah, so growing up watching The Sound of Music and The Music Man, you know, West Side Story, Mary Poppins, Singing in the Rain, all of those things, you know, we have to acknowledge the classics here, I have to preface this. Also, one of my favorites was growing up the Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella movie starring Brandy. That was such a, that's such a core memory of my childhood. I remember watching that on VHS and it was so cool. I grew up in Hawaii and I always joke to people about the first time that I 
recognized a difference in race and ethnicity. I remember the very first time I saw a blonde person. You know what I mean? And it's so silly, but growing up and having that as an example of, you know, people of color being able to do things like that and being able to be the focus of stories like that. Um, the actor who plays the prince, whose name I'm completely blanking on right now, and I know that my auntie is going to, you know, come at me for not remembering the name if she hears this, but... Um, the actor who plays the prince in that version of Cinderella was Filipino. And growing up in a Filipino family, it was always really cool to, to see. So anyway, yeah, that was a really, that's a very strong memory in my childhood is growing up watching that film. But I have a list to kind of keep me on track here of just shows that I've thought of, shows that I've seen, shows that I've been in, shows that I haven't seen, just things that are just great about theater. And yeah, so we're going to go through those a little bit. The first one that I want to talk about is Town. I cannot express to you how badly I want to see this show in person. I, I was a die-hard Percy Jackson kid when I was younger. You know, was very into the whole Greek mythology thing, loved those stories. Um, Town is a musical production of the story of Orpheus and Eurydice. If you're not sure what that story is, it's basically the one where um, Guy's girlfriend gets brought down to Hades, he goes down to get her. Hades says, okay, you can take her back up to the mortal world if you want, but you have to walk out of here first. She's going to follow you. And if you turn around and look at her and you don't trust me, I'm going to take her back and you're never going to see her again. It's very intense. We're starting off on a very intense note, but it's an incredible story and it's an incredible show. Um, the original cast with Reeves Carney and Ava Noblezada, another incredible Filipina musical theater artist. It's a very kind of bluesy, New Orleans reminiscent show. The, the style of music is pretty different from others that you would usually hear um, on Broadway. And it's just really, really good. The use of the ensemble and the, the set and the stage are just so cool. And yeah, so that's one that I would really suggest looking into. It's one of the ones similar to Hamilton, where you can get pretty much the entire story from listening to the soundtrack. It's the whole show is sung through. And it's one of my favorites, for sure. I, ugh, if I lived closer to New York City, and if I had the money to go see Broadway shows on a regular basis, this one would be at the top of that list 100%. The cast of Town does also have a Tiny Desk concert from, I want to say, 2021 or 2022. And that's really cool as well. So I would definitely suggest uh, going and looking up their tiny desk. I also feel like I, now that I've mentioned it, I can't get through this episode without talking about Hamilton a little bit. <laughs> and I can already hear you groaning and I get it. Hamilton was beaten to death by theater kids from 2016 to 2019. And I totally get it. You know, I was a junior in high school in 2016. And the reason I want to talk about this show just really briefly is because it was, it was popular for a reason, you know? It really was sort of groundbreaking in the way that musicals were written and everything Lin-Manuel Miranda touches turns to gold. Can't sing very well, so it's a little bit of a shame that he kind of casts himself as the lead in everything that he does. <laughs> wow, that was really aggressive. But it's true, it's the truth. But he's an incredible writer, an incredible lyricist. As, a, as an American history nerd, outing myself as being not that cool twice in this episode. Love American history, love musical theater. So this, for me, was just, you know, like opening a treasure chest. 
And I specifically remember when I first found out about this musical. I remember my mom texting me a link because we had kind of heard that the show had come out and weren't really sure what it was about and what was going on. And before this, the official soundtrack had been released on Apple and on Spotify, they had released it on this website, almost in like a blog post, and they had the audio files for the entire soundtrack. And so I remember listening to it while I was in high school, while I was doing my homework, and it was just really incredible. And, you know, it was all these separate, 30-something separate audio files. And, you know, once one song stopped, you had to turn your phone back on and play the next one. And, and then I remember going back to school, and then a little bit later, everyone started talking about it, and then it blew up. Oh my goodness, the way that it just exploded and it became the coolest thing and everyone wanted to go see it and it was like this miracle if you could afford tickets, especially within the first six months that it, that the show had come out. Um, but yeah, if, if you're somehow not familiar with Hamilton, it's basically a musical written about, um, it's, it's basically a musical based on the biography of Alexander Hamilton, who was one of the founding fathers of the United States. And it's kind of written in like an R&B rap style. And what was really interesting was that the original cast, I believe, was 100% or almost 100% uh, comprised of people of color, which was really, really cool. Um, and, you know, sparked some kind of controversy. But I think that the idea, especially with that cast, was that the people in the in the show, that the, that the characters of George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and John Adams would you know, Black and Hispanic and Asian people, like, playing them in a show, those historical figures would be rolling in their graves, you know? Like, so having, my like, minority actors and actresses playing those characters was sort of a nod to, this is what America looks like now, and we're telling the story of what America was back then. And I thought that that was really cool. And yeah, it's just, it's really entertaining. It's another one of those shows that you can just get the entire thing from just listening to it. I believe the pro shot is on Disney+. Plus. Um, but yeah, that was such a staple of, of my high school experience. <laughs> and it's one of those things where I kind of poke fun at the fact that like, oh, now I don't even want to say it because I feel like that's so irritating. But the fact that I did, I was one of the people who listened to it before it got really big. And, and had no idea that it was going to get it as big as it did. And just kind of, you know, my mom sent me this soundtrack to this new Broadway show and just listened to it. I don't know. I, I think that's funny. but And I still haven't seen it in real life. Not on Broadway, not on the tour, which it was touring in my city relatively recently. So like I'm, you know, a little disappointed again that I didn't get to see it. But say lovey. It is what it is. Um, yeah. Next, now that we're kind of still on the high school, Anna topic um I want to talk about Sweeney Todd because Sweeney Todd is unreal and if you're familiar with Sweeney Todd only through the Johnny Depp Helena Bonham Carter Tim Burton like rendition of it you need to go and watch a stage production of it because it's so good and it's so different from the film um Sweeney Todd is this kind of horror show I guess I would call it horror um it's set in like late 1800s England and it's about this it, it's a real tragedy and we performed this in my senior year of high school at my school and it was just such an incredible experience my you know I was in the ensemble and got to work alongside so many of my friends and classmates and 
my friends who were in the leads were just so perfect. It's like the show was written for these people to play it. And it was just really incredible. But it's a tragedy about this man who, you know, was wrongly accused of a crime and sent away. And his daughter was taken by like a government official and... Sweeney Todd makes his way back to England and basically plots his revenge on this this man and on everyone else in the city who's ever wronged him and and let this man get away with it. And it's just this really incredible story of love and heartbreak and murder a little bit. Okay, yeah, murder is a pretty central theme to this show. <laughs> Yikes. But the way that we did it in high school was just so so cool and it was so wonderful to get to work on something so intense and different and yeah so that's such a good show and I have such good memories and and everything that Steven Sondheim does is just incredible and so to be able to work on one of his pieces as a student in high school was really great and I'm really grateful to my teacher for for that opportunity and for for presenting that piece to us. Godspell is another favorite. This was the first one of the first shows that I ever performed in as a kid. And it was the first Broadway show that I ever saw on Broadway. Um, when I was 13, my parents surprised me and took me and a couple of my friends to New York City to go see Godspell. And in the intermission, Telly Leung like gave me a shout out and was like, hey, it's, it's Anna's birthday. And it, it was just so crazy. And that was so special, especially because it was the, one of the first shows that I performed in as a kid and, and really enjoyed it. It's a Stephen Schwartz show um, that was written in the 1970s, and it's kind of a, a funky way to, to tell the story of the Gospel of Matthew from the Bible. So it's about Jesus and his teachings and things like this, but done in a really funky 1970s kind of hippy-dippy way. It's really, really good. And yeah, just again, such fun memories from, from that one, even though, you know, I think I was quite literally 11 or 12, and... Let's just say I would be hesitant to re-watch that footage if it ever resurfaced. <laughs> Very nervous. I don't like watching videos of, of that kind of thing. Um, another one is, is The Lion King. This is one that I always tell people I think is so overrated that it's underrated. You know, it's been on Broadway for such a long time. The first time I saw this show was when it went on tour in Hawaii and my mom was working in like the concessions stand or something like that at the theater. She, she like picked it up as a job and we went and got to go see it and they gave us a tour backstage and it was just so cool. And the music is just so incredible because we all know the story of The Lion King, right? We all know the Disney movie, but to see it done on the scale of a Broadway stage with, you know, African languages and African actors and, you know, songs and and dialogue and things that aren't in the animated movie it's really incredible and it's one that I think that people don't talk about enough because it is one of the a one of the older longer running shows and b it's a Disney one it's it's a Disney sh and b it's a Disney show but yeah it's it's incredible and it's one of my favorites I think I'm calling all of these incredible I need to start I need to crack open a thesaurus and, and pick some more words but <laughs> anyways the next one that I want to talk about is, okay, the next one is called Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. This is another fun one. It's based on, I think it's like 70 pages out of War and Peace written by Leo Tolstoy, which is so cool. I love it when, you know, playwrights and 
composers pull from from random, seemingly random things like that. You know, making a musical out of a chunk of War and Peace, making a musical out of Greek mythology, out of American history. Like, I just love the creativity and it's such a different avenue for storytelling. Because I don't know about you, but I've never read War and Peace. And I'm never going to read War and Peace. But this show is, is really cool and the music is really wonderful. And um, yeah, again, another sort of underrated. I'm, I'm saying underrated and overrated kind of based on like the, the not theater people scale. Like most people who are, are into musical theater as a hobby would be aware of, of this show, but you know, the average person is not going to have heard of it. So again, another one that's based on a really great piece of literature and just has really incredible writing. Ordinary Days. Oh my gosh, Ordinary Days is another very underrated show. It's a story about four people living in New York City and over the course of their musical, kind of how their lives intertwine and how they interact and just telling the story of these people kind of living and existing together in New York City. I think one of the most memorable pieces of this show for me is a song called I'll Be Here. And I remember in high school in a musical theater class, part of almost like our final exam was a presentation of performances and songs that we practiced throughout the year and my friend her solo piece was I'll be here from this show I remember I think I was one of the only people in the class because when the teacher would present us with these pieces he would play the song from the soundtrack and then he would tell us who was who it was assigned to and when this song came on I like gasped and some of my classes were like you know this song like what is it about and I was like oh just you guys wait just you wait this song is about one of the characters who lost her husband in 9-11. And she's on a date with another one of the four characters. And she's explaining to him why she had such difficulty agreeing to go on this date and why she was so nervous. And, and she, through this song, tells the story of meeting her husband and marrying him and losing him and being reminded of him and feeling him tell her that it was okay to move on and that it was okay to be happy without him and that it was okay to try and find a love again. And it's a five minute song and it's so beautiful and so heartbreaking. I just remember people crying when my friend performed this because A, she just had a wonderful voice and was a great fit for this song, but it's a heartbreaking piece. Oh, so good. Yeah, so another underrated show with really incredible music, really funny characters, really interesting. It's just, again, very different and it's really good. Um, another kind of influential childhood piece for me was the stage production of Peter Pan starring Kathy Rigby, who was a gymnast. And this was another, another film that we used to watch on VHS at home all the time growing up and we watched it all the time. And it's this really incredible stage production done in the, done in the UK of Peter Pan. And I, I remember so badly wanting to be Tiger Lily when I was, when I was a kid because of that show, but oh, it was just so good. And such, again, brings such good memories. Yeah, just the set was incredible and the acting was phenomenal and the music, just ugh, all of it, just so, so good. And yeah, that's that's one of the ones that I hope if and when I have kids one day that I'll be able to show to them as well because it was such a staple of my childhood. And, you know, just the memories of like the Lost Boys and the sets and the, the pirates and um, the crocodile freaked me out. It was super, super weird because I couldn't tell if it was like a puppet or if it was a person in a costume or if it was like a, a machine or what it was. It freaked me out. 
Um, but yeah, Peter Pan was always one of my favorite Disney stories. And I think that, you know, maybe that was another reason why I started to love musical theater as a kid. Into the Woods is another classic. But again, if you don't know what this one is about, it's kind of a, it's a mix of different fairy tales. And they made a, a movie version of this back in, I want to say 2013. But it's the story of Little Red Riding Hood and like the baker and his wife and Cinderella and Jack and the Beanstalk. And I feel like I'm missing something. But yeah, and, and so it's, you know, all of these fairy tale characters live in the same village and they all at one point or another have to go into the woods and their lives are changed in some way or another. And again, it's one of those ones that I think people could peg as being, um, being kind of corny, but it's so good. And, and I remember when the film version came out again, I was like, oh, Little Red Riding Hood, that would be such a fun role to play. And um, yeah, I don't know. Again, like I said, this is not a super intellectual analysis of any of these shows. It's just, <laughs> um, but yeah, so another classic, another very fun one um, that again dives into really important themes of loss and, um, you know, about is about resilience and about, you know, all kinds of other things like that that you wouldn't expect to come from a story about Little Red Riding Hood and Cinderella. One of my new favorites is a, is a piece called Come From Away. And I never listened to this until about six months ago. I was driving about 11 hours from home to Kentucky and I needed something to listen to that would keep me awake. And so I was like, oh, here's a piece of theater that I've never listened to. And I was blown away. It was so good. And it from, from the soundtrack, it sounds like this is another one where you get the entire story from listening to the soundtrack. I don't know if there's much dialogue that I was missing, but again, I've never seen it, so I don't know. And again, it's and it's another one of those really incredible opportunities for storytelling. And I think that storytelling is such a central theme in my life. And I love that theater is just another really unique avenue for that. But on 9-11, thousands and thousands of people were stranded in Newfoundland in Canada because the American airspace was closed after the attack. And I want to say it was 38 planes that were grounded at this tiny airport on this tiny island in Canada. And these people did not know where they were. They did not know what was happening because, you know, this was 2001. We weren't getting news updates on Twitter on our iPhones every three seconds. So nobody knew what was happening. And you know, it follows a number of characters, a number of, I'm assuming, real people who were involved. And just the way that this tiny Canadian community rallied around all of these international strangers and gave them housing and gave them food and gave them, you know, spiritual and religious support and gave each other emotional support. And, you know, all of their lives were changed by this event. And that's something that we don't often think about. You know, I, I wouldn't have heard of this story if it wasn't for this show, but it's such a such a cool, I don't, okay, cool is the wrong word because obviously it was a horrific event and it was a real tragedy for the American people, but it's a, it's a different, it's a different part of the story. And I think that what's cool about theater as in, as it is with other, you know, forms of storytelling, that it's a way to kind of amplify the stories that are lesser known to the general public and to do so in such an incredible way. The music is so catchy and it just, it, it does a really good job of relaying the feelings of being stuck on a plane for 12 hours and 
you know, not knowing what's happening and not knowing where your family is. And it, you know, follows one of the pilots and one of the women who was on one of the flights, her son was a firefighter in New York City on that day. And, you know, she didn't know where he was. And and it touches on some real issues as well. Like there was a man on one of the planes from the Middle East. And once people kind of saw the news and saw what was happening, people were afraid of this man and, and a- accusing him of doing things. I think we all know where this is going, but but accusing him of being a part of this and whatever because of that fear and hatred that rose up after that event. And it's just really interesting to think about how all of those things happened just north of our country. And we had, and a lot of us had no idea. One of the other Broadway shows that I have seen on stage in real life is Waitress. Whew, boy, Waitress. Waitress made me sob. I saw this as a senior in high school and it's based on a movie from the 1980s called Waitress, the same story. And it was taken taken on by Sarah Bareilles, who was one of my favorite musicians and songwriters growing up. So it was really cool to see that she had written the music for this show, but it's about this woman who is a waitress shocker at a diner and her relationships with her coworkers and her dealing with a pregnancy from an abusive husband and it's all about her you know it's it's just really heartbreaking to see her you know in a situation that she wasn't expecting you know she wasn't expecting to be with child and and you know to to have a child now with with such an abusive man it's just really incredible storytelling and it's really heartbreaking and all of the other characters too and the music is so catchy and so beautiful and yeah i remember really resonating with this character of Dawn when I was a teenager. And I remember going to the side door and getting to meet the actress and just thanking her for her performance and just saying, thank you. I really feel like I related to this character in parts. And 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 she was thankful that I was thankful, you know, because I feel like theater is such a, you know, being an actor in any capacity, I feel like, and again, I, I'm not an actor. I don't know, but it feels like a very distant profession. You know, you're not often getting to speak directly with the people that your art is affecting so i was i was really grateful for the opportunity to meet the actress and to to be able to to express that to her that that through her her connection with this character i felt a connection and i felt something and that's what's so dope about theater is that it just makes people feel and it makes people feel different things for different reasons in different capacities and in different places and oh it's just so cool (laughs) another cool one that's not really a show like it's not a play per se but it is a show it's a collection of music written by a composer named ryan scott oliver and it's called 35 millimeter and it's it's a show where the songs are written based on pictures from a photographer a new york city photographer named matthew murphy and i thought that was so cool i remember the first time I heard of this was because I had found a song from the show performed by Lindsay Mendez, who was in the original cast of the Godspell revival that I first saw when I was 13. And her voice, she's a powerhouse, you guys. She's incredible. And she sings on this show. And yeah, it's just, it's really interesting. And and to, to see the way that one artist took another artist's art and turned it into something totally new and totally different. It's just really cool. Speaking of making art from art, another piece of Sondheim brilliance, Sunday in the Park with George. 
And this is a, 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 a show, a Broadway show, that is based on the painting called Sunday in the Park with George. So um, throughout this, this show, it's, you know, about the artist painting it and the people who are in it. And um, yeah, again, it's just really creative and utilizing another person's art to make something totally different and totally new and just to share it with people in a totally new way. And the last one that I wanted to bring up was another one that my dad introduced me to, and it's called Songs for a New World. And it's another one of these shows that doesn't really have a plot. All of the songs are kind of different. They're like little vignettes almost. And usually I believe it's performed with a cast of four. And again, the music is just stunning. And it's written by Jason Robert Brown, who again is another incredible composer. You should listen to this soundtrack and you should listen to the instrumental piano renditions as well because the piano backing of oh my gosh the 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 piano and the songs on their own are just so phenomenal but songs like she cries and stars in the moon and king of the world is one that really makes me feel like a kid again yeah it's just this the music is really wonderful and jason robert brown is so talented and um an honorable mention, because I simply could not bring myself to talk about Dear Evan Hansen. Um, <laughs> to this day, I still have not finished the movie. I can't get through it. I, I really just can't. It's so... It's hard. A lot of people have covered this this movie. If you want to go look on like YouTube or other podcasts or things like this, people talk about the Dear Evan Hansen movie and why it flopped so hard. But um, Ben Platt who stars Evan Hansen in the movie and was Evan Hansen in the original Broadway cast, has an incredible voice. And he has an album called Sing To Me Instead. And it's all just not non-theater songs that he writes and performs and is just really wonderful. So that is my honorable Ben Platt mention. But yeah, um, so yeah, that was a really long discussion and longer, I think, than I intended it to be. But Theater is one of those things that really makes me happy and I don't talk about it often enough because I guess it's just embarrassing. I don't know, but no, not anymore. We are not doing that. This is a, you know, embracing the things that actually make us happy and not caring what other people think about them. Um, it was so nice to chat again. Thanks for indulging me. Um, and I'll see you next week. On time this time. <laughs> Bye.